This is Jonathan Armstrong from Cordray, uh, normally in the UK, but temporarily in New York today. With me is Eric Sinrod, live from San Francisco. <laughs> and um, we're doing one of our usual uh, spin the coin things. I don't know what you're going to talk about, Eric, but apparently you're going to tell us something about privacy. <laughs> this is Eric Sinrod and Dwayne Morris, and I. I certainly hope I know what I'm going to talk about, but we'll find out, right? Uh, the theme of this uh, podcast, Jonathan, is banishing privacy and the right to be let alone. So once upon a time, Jonathan, there was a scholarly law review article that talks about the right to privacy in the face of new technology encroachments and speaks of the, quote, right to be let alone, close quote. So my question for you, Jonathan, was when was this law review article written? We're talking about new technology and the right to be let alone. Was it this year, last year? What do you think? Oh, I'm going to go 1956. Oh, and you're so wrong. We're talking <laughs> 1890, the 19th right. century. I kid you not. And by the way, think of all the technological advancements since then. The article was written by Samuel Warren and Louis Brandeis. Brandeis, of course, later became uh, a member of our United States Supreme Court. It was titled, mm -hmm. The Right to Privacy for Harvard Law Review, starting on page 193 from 1890. And it was published in the wake of this new technology, the development of the portable camera. And obviously, with movable cameras, people for the first time could be captured on film doing all sorts of things as never before. And this raised a panoply of privacy concerns and heightened the need for the development of laws to now address those issues. Fast forward 128 years, believe it or not, 128 years to now, and those concerns, not surprisingly, are exponentially uh, greater. Uh, true, a number of privacy laws have been put on the books since the time of the 1890 Law Review article was published. But as I like to say, as technology continues to advance at warp speed, the law struggles at a relatively glacial pace, Jonathan, to keep up. So currently, mm -hmm. what are we dealing with uh, over and above you know, movable cameras? Um, and how can privacy be eviscerated in so many different ways? Well, we have government surveillance of the contents of emails and other electronic communications. We have government analysis of cellular data to track movements. We have company monitoring of digital footprints showing user purchasing and other habits. We have GPS technology to pinpoint personal locations. We have snooping from the air by drones. We have fixed cameras in many indoor and outdoor locations to observe our personal conduct practically everywhere. And then now we have the ubiquity of smartphones that attach to our belts or go in our pockets or purses, and they have the ability everywhere to record other people by way of not only photos, but videos and audio. And as a sad aside, by the way, Samuel Warren, one of the authors of that uh, 1890 Law Review article, committed suicide in 1910 and because of privacy concerns, of all things, his family covered that up for quite a long time. Uh, it is widely regarded that it was Brandeis, not Warren, who was the chief author of our Law Review article. So my question is, 
What do you think Brandeis would say now with respect to the many threats of privacy we're, we're, we're encountering, encountering at the present moment? Uh, will he still say we have the need to preserve the right to be let alone? Would he say that time has come and gone? Would he say that we have all the more reason to be concerned, or would he say something entirely different? Your turn, Jonathan. Well, a fascinating topic, and one especially to pick, I think, just uh, you know, just as we're in the home run towards GDPR. Obviously, that's part of the reason I'm out here in the U.S. So, doing some training for some of our clients over here, where uh, we speak to you on the 25th of January. GDPR obviously goes live 25th of May, and will this finally be the art? You know, will this finally be the law that they called for back in the in the 1890s, um, GDPR, of course, as we've said many times before, looks at all sorts of uh, personal data. Personal data is a very wide description, so so pinpointing somebody to a particular place in time on your portable Kodak tripod machine um, would still be uh, potentially personal data, all sorts of things like uh, device locators, IP addresses, geolocators, all of that sort of stuff is coming within GDPR, of course. Much of that has been under the existing legislation, so not a, not a great deal of change there. But the penalties are changing, and I guess even the big, um, and I'm speaking to you from New York, I guess in the 1890s, the big barons were railway related. That was probably the cutting edge uh, technology of, of a few years earlier, we were getting a period of consolidation in the U.S., but, it, but the fines are enough that would even make the Rockefellers and the Carnegie's eyes watered if they're fully enforced. I guess the other thing that's been a real uh, shift, uh, at least in our perception, and m maybe your uh, article says that's not the case, is, is the public's attitude to, to privacy has changed. Um, oftentimes people, you know, say that the younger generation don't care about privacy. I think that's nonsense. They will give away their bits of their privacy, but they're very irritated indeed when people use, uh, use that information they've freely given against them or to do them harm, you know, to deny them a job interview because of stuff they've shared on Facebook or whatever that might be. So I think in some respects, uh, it, it's, a, it's an interesting, it's a certainly an interesting proposition, isn't it? I mean, I think that people often say that, that privacy and the, and, and is a new thing, but I obviously don't think it is. You know, whenever you look at, at the history of privacy laws across Europe, they nearly always have an event that's, uh, that sparked them whether that be a repressive regime, whether that be, um, whether that be uh, a first act of a, of, of a new government after uh, regime change, or whether that be some large data breach. And, and I think that we have had these periods of, of, uh, of privacy touching the, uh, the, the human psyche. You could probably even go further back. You know, the, the, um, I, I know that there were complaints of invasion of privacy in the reign of Elizabeth I, uh, particularly around religious persecution and the state's monitoring of, um, of activities trying to cut down on terrorism. 
There was a brilliant book by a guy called Stephen Potter on, um, and maybe I'll read the exact section on a future podcast, but Stephen Potter's a semi-satirical writer, um, I guess in the 1950s in the UK, and he has a tour of the US, and he's talking about border surveillance and the you know, the overreach of the predecessor of the Department of Homeland Security about a, um, a, a, a lady getting off a liner and she was manhandled by customs officers with their grubby little hands. And so I think the, 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 the reality is that, um, as the French would say, I'm going to attempt an accent, accent warning, Eric, uh, plus ça change, toujours le même chose. So, uh, you know, these things come around, but there ain't that new in Poughkeepsie Fair might be the American equivalent. <laughs> you are all over the place. Well, good job. Um, <laughs> I just have four quick points in response. We try to keep this to 10. Uh, and, and by the way, you were all over the place, but each of your points along the way were uh, well put and, and important. Uh, I, I do agree. Uh, that people will say when they're surveyed, oh, yes, privacy is very important. But then when they're just given the slightest inducement, uh, whether it's, you know, a $5 coupon online or something, mm -hmm. they will just give it, they will give everything away. So their actions are a little bit different than what they say. Uh, in terms of the technology, as a historian, you did a good job. In fact, in 1890, the technology they were concerned about was the portable tripod Kodak camera. So well done mm -hmm. there for you. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned... Stephen Potter. We, we can't forget Harry Potter's uncle. Uh, <laughs> done there. And then getting back to my question I posed to you, I guess my answer to the question is, you know, what would Brandeis say now? I think he would say the same thing. We still have to have the right to be let alone, uh, especially with, you know, ever advancing technology that further and further, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, circumscribes uh, prior zones of privacy that we had in the past. So, I think right now it's about at 10, so I will uh, endeavor to close this down. This is Eric Sinrod at Dwayne Morris. My email address is ejsinrod at DwayneMorris.com. You can find us on the usual social media outlets. Uh, it's an uh, opt-in, so uh, we're not here to go attack your privacy. Uh, you're safe with us. Jonathan, why don't you finish up? Yeah, uh, jonathan.armstrong at cordrycompliance.com. Another engaging topic. Thanks, uh, Eric. I'm sure one that we'll return to, particularly in the run-up to, to GDPR. And um, all that remains, I think, is to thank you all for uh, listening. And we'll look forward to speaking to you again in a week or so when perhaps I've been repatriated or perhaps the grubby little hands have, uh, have been all over <laughs> me as well. <laughs> Enjoy New York. All right. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>